And hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Garden Empire Footy Froffies. We're out at Henson Park today for the final day of laps with Traddy. As most of our viewers are already aware, we're out here probably in week three, week four, when I believe Traddy done about his 200th lap at the time here, and that was like months ago now. But here I am today. I'm joined with Ollie and Mike McGee. How are you today, Mike? Yeah, good. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Good, mate? Yeah, good. Looking forward to uh, seeing Mr. Trad uh, complete the, the season. Mate, it's pretty uh, good what he's done for the Jets. Yeah, it's been great. It's... Um, uh, it, it, it's been something uh, it's, we can still feel part of the Jets. You know, uh, come down to Henson Park and, and see him riding around has, has been an inspiration. Uh, that's awesome. And how are you today, Ollie? Mate, I am fantastic. Um, of course, I've been on Footy and Froffies the past few weeks and I watched when you and the other Trev came out last time, watched it on YouTube. I loved it. I was so keen to come out here today and it's been awesome so far. Yeah, no, it is great, Ali. So for our viewers, we all know I'm good, Trev. Bad Trev couldn't make it today because he had a few things to do. But you know what? We'll still have a great time. But at the moment, uh, Mike, as you can see, guys, in front of us, we've got the book here in front of us. It's actually written uh, by Mike McGee. Uh, Mike, you want to just tell us a little bit about your book, please, mate? Yeah, sure. I've, I've been photographer for the Jets for about 10 years. And at the end of every season, I, I put out a, a photography book uh, that trying to, tries to tell the story of, of the Jets' season. Um, you know, and, and some of the images we've captured throughout the year. So uh, the book we've got here, Champions, the class of 2019, is uh, from last season and obviously finished in, uh, in a wave of glory. Um, so it's 110 action-packed pages with uh, showing shots of the players, some of the, some of the guys behind the scenes, and uh, some of those uh, memorable, triumphant moments from, uh, from the two finals. No, that's awesome. The two finals were awesome. Let's take away the two finals because we know how they both ended. But throughout the year, uh, do you have your own magic moment that you like uh, besides those two tries in each of the finals? I think uh, one that sticks out for me was uh, after the victory and the preliminary final at, uh, at Cogra. And uh, I know, uh, I remember Will, the guys won and uh, Will Kennedy came off and he had his nose busted up and there was the usual uh, loyal supporters in the crowd there. I can't remember the final score, but it, it was pretty close. And, uh, and then the coach, Maddo, got all the players together and walked over towards the fans and, and, and started applauding back to the fans. Um, which really captured what the spirit of the club is all about. Yeah, 2019 would nearly have to be the Jets' best season, at least in recent memory, of course. But do you share that sentiment? How do you view the 2019 season? Yeah, look, um, I didn't think they could beat the 2012 season, um, just in in terms of sheer excitement and um, epic continual epic contests where we seem to, to manage to claw a win out. Um, but 2019, um, I, I think, does go one better. Um, obviously, in 2012, we didn't have the, the state championship final to follow it up. But, you know, to play at, at Bankwest Stadium uh, and then ANZ the following week, yeah, it, 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 it's as good as it gets. I know we, lo- we lost, I think, the first five 
five out of the first seven games and, and everyone had written, written the guys off. But, uh, you know, all of the loyal Jets supporters know you never write the Jets off. So then we got on a roll and uh, it just gathered momentum. And I think that, you know, the, 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 the defining moments of those finals were the two kicks by, uh, by uh, Billy the Boot Magulius. Um, it, it just uh, encapsulates it all. But other than that, there was a, an awful lot of hard work and, and some really amazing football played. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Mate, obviously you, you love the Jets or you wouldn't have done the book and you're down here today. But how long have you been supporting the Jets for? Since uh, I moved to Marrickville in 2009, and um, I was actually doing a, a photography course. And at the time, I, I, I walked out into my balcony. And I could hear this this noise, this sort of ruckus, and this this commentary. And I I, I didn't know what that was. So I, I grabbed my camera and I walked out the the front door and followed the noise, and then ended up at the uh, Charlie Meter gates there yep. and walked through the gates and. Uh, I thought I had no idea there was a footy ground here, and uh, and then there was the Newtown Jets, and I'd heard the legend of the Newtown Jets, but I didn't think they were played in Marrickville. Yeah, and then I, uh, you know, I walked into the ground and um, started taking a few photos and met some of the some of the old timers in, in in the in the crowd that used to play for the Camperdown Dragons, you know, and they bought me a beer and sat me down. And then, and one of the first guys who, who uh, I really got to know was was Johnny Trad, um, who kind of reached out, and and gradually over the years, I've, I've become more and more involved. Oh, that's amazing. Like, and that just shows the spirit, and of the Jet supporters. Like, I've been here plenty of times myself over the years, uh, with opposition teams or even with the league itself, and it's a great atmosphere. Uh, so, mate. Uh, the big festival that's held here, the Beer Footy Mates Festival. Have you attended that? I have, I have. It's it's amazing. Unfortunately, I missed it last year because I was uh, I was uh, I was overseas. Yep. Remember those days when you could go overseas, <laughs> yeah. um, which was unfortunate. But the previous two years were, were just amazing, and and the way it, it's built, um, it, it's really a feature of the of the calendar. No, definitely. And what's your best? moment of those festivals when they're down here um one highlight that sticks out for me was uh when traddy did a lap um and he had the indigenous flag um the aboriginal flag and, and he, he he sweeped sweeped round and uh, uh there's queues of people queuing up for food and, and beer and he had uh, uh you know the a whole lot of, of kids behind him and he came swooping down and, and, and you could see people looking and there was a bit of awareness triggering that, you know, it's, it, it, there's something pretty special happening down here. That's awesome. Yeah, 100%. Just having a quick look at the photo here on the back of the book, the team photo taken after the 2019 New South Wales Cup Grand Final, a lot of the players in this photo are pretty much NRL first grade players for the Cronulla Sharks now. What has it been like watching these guys this year as they play for the Sharks? Have you watched many Sharks games and seen these guys sort of develop and come through? I have. I've really enjoyed it. I haven't uh, got out to any games live, but uh, I've watched most of them. Um, And it it hasn't surprised me. Uh, It's exciting to watch. And uh, some of the combinations uh, that are playing for the Sharks, you could see them developing from the Jets, and um, you know, I think uh, you know next year is going to be even better. 
as, as they keep going. And I think one of the you know when they lost they lost to the Panthers. No, uh, this year lost Rates, to Canberra. They yeah, lost to Canberra. Lost to Canberra. Yeah, and uh, they were on fire. That would that first half they were magnificent. And uh, I think when Blake Braley got injured, um, it kind of it kind of went south from there. But 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 you know knowing knowing a lot of the guys personally, they're a, a really amazing bunch of guys, bunch of characters, um, and and I know they all really uh, appreciate what. Newtown was able to offer them and uh, you know they had such a great coach in Maddo that I think it's made uh, John Morris's job a, a lot easier uh, I would like Maddo's a veteran of this level of rugby league when it comes to coaching uh, you were saying the players are characters uh, which one's the biggest character or biggest pest out of them that, that you've come pest. across um, probably uh, Tyrone Phillips yep. and that lot um, he's a real character um, you got You got You got to watch your back, otherwise he'll. Uh, you know, he might pin something to it. <laughs> um, Toby Toby Rudolph is. Uh, you know, he, he's he's a big character, attracts a lot of uh, a lot of attention with that big smile of his. Um, yeah, the rest are. You know, they're really nice, uh, down to earth guys. Yeah. Blake, Blake Braley's amazing. I've never seen anyone play a game of sport and. He looks the same when he started to when he finishes. I, I have no idea how he keeps his hair in place. <laughs> <laughs> um, out of the Newtown players that have gone on to play for Cronulla this year, who's made the best transition, in your opinion? Who's had the best season for Cronulla? Wow, that's hard to say. Um, probably, I think, uh, Sifa Talakai. Um, I think uh, people were, you know, Toby, Rud- Toby Rudolph has, but I think, People were kind of expecting that. I think Sifa is the one who surprised the most people. I remember last year watching his first couple of games and I thought, this guy's got real potential, but he's a bit loose in the carry and he's still got a lot to learn. But, wow, halfway through the season, you you could just see... And uh, in that grand final, um, you know, when he hit uh, uh, Tim Manor, and you could see Manor's face went, wow, uh, I, I, yeah, I haven't been hit that hard before. Yeah, no, um, definitely. Yeah. Mate, you've, as you said, you've been going for the Jets now since 2009. Uh, over those years, who's some of the past players that you admired in the Jets jersey? Um, Daniel Mortimer comes to mind straight away. Really nice guy, an absolutely fantastic player and uh, – you know, always, always very approachable, very, um, um, you know, very proud of representing Newtown. You know, Kurt Kara is another one, really, really solid team man over the years. Um, you know, Mossy Masoi from 2012, yeah. you know, a big, big, big heads up to him and, 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 and the difficulty he's been through over in the UK, but it, it's hard to find a, 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 a bigger player than him. Um, and yeah, a lot of lot of unsung heroes uh, throughout that, that those times. Um, yeah, there's there's too many else, too many others to mention. Yeah, no, that's, that's all right, <laughs> mate. And mate, just a final question. Uh, well, not really a final question. We, we ask everyone who comes on this. What's the magic number? Uh, Forty-two. No. Uh, <laughs> 
as, as Anthony Albanese said in Parliament, 9,972. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's the magic number. So, again, for our viewers, that number is the, for the record, crowd here at uh, Henson Park for a Jets game. And that number is always going to be in history. Even if it does get beaten, and I believe it has been beaten, has it? Or I think I think it was yeah. last year. Yeah, for the yeah. uh, Be Footy Mates Festival. I believe so. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But and today, guys, that doesn't. It's not important. That number is always going to be here at the Jets. With the book, though, mate. Um, where can people get your book from? So it's still at the publishers. Uh, the first, it's a very limited edition collector's item, uh, uh, limited run. I'll will be on sale. By the end of November, you can uh, pre-buy it online through my website, which is www.ybsphotos.com, um, and that link is also on the Newtown Jet supporter page. And then we're uh, looking to have a, a, an album launch at the Henson Hotel. Um, you know, obviously, with the, with the COVID thing, it, it's been pretty hard to, to book a date and to, and to know what's happening. But um, we're hoping to have that on, on a Thursday night uh, before Christmas, and hopefully, uh, we'll have some uh, some guys from training. Hopefully, we'll be we'll be in training ready for next season before the end of the year but but yeah that's that's to be confirmed mate we might have to make a trip out for the Definitely. launch yeah that'd be great yeah uh, yeah you know like mate because like like myself and i know ollie here and plenty of our viewers out there we love collecting the books we love the history and for everyone who got to see the the newtown jets ride through last season this is a must-have book yeah yeah, it's the sort of thing you you know you can look back in ten years and you can just flick through the book, um, you know, with a with a with a, with stuff that's online or even even video, you, it can be hard to find. But if you if you've got this in your bookshelf, you can flick through it, you can see all these these guys, and and as you said, with with, with the guys playing for the the Sharks, and you know, five t- ten years time, these guys could you know they're going to be legends of the game. So uh, to, to see where they started is a, is a good thing to have. No, that's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Mike, and we'll catch up for sure, definitely, mate. But thanks again, guys. But like we said, guys, if you want to get in the book, go to www.ybsphotos.com, uh, limited edition book, do a pre-order on the website, and the launch uh, will happen later on down the track. And like Mike said, hopefully in November. But we'll get back out there and uh, let's see where Trady's at with his laps. How's that sound, boys? Sounds good. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Okay, guys, we're welcome back. We're in the chain shed again, the home team. And this time we're with the Newtown Jets president, Barry Cotter. How are you today, Baz? Oh, I'm excellent. That's awesome, mate. And how's things been with laps with Trady? Oh, laps with Trady's been a fantastic uh, initiative. It started off as a bit of a lark. And it's built this momentum that's just been amazing. You know, and uh, a lot of people tuning in to watch it each week. He's got national TV exposure out of it. People are talking about it. And it's raised money as well. So it's got everything you like about it. Uh, that's awesome. Mate, so you're the president of the mighty Newtown Jets. How long have you been with the club? Oh, this is my third year. And, uh, yeah, sort of uh, I've been a lifelong supporter, you know, like of Newtown. I've, very first thing I ever remember being alive was these dressing rooms because uh, the old man was involved in Newtown. We'd come down here and uh, he was involved with the lower grades. We'd stay, watch the first grade, off to the Henson Park Hotel for a few beers for him. I was too young. And then off home, you know, that was our life. 
And, uh, Mate, and how, how long have you been going for Newtown? How long have you been going for Newtown? Oh, been going for Newtown since I can remember anything. You know, yeah. So, uh, 50 years. 50 years, and yeah. so you've been there. Uh, what am I saying? 60 years. 60 years. <laughs> Mate, you've been don't there. look a day over 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mate, you've seen the highs, you've been there with the lows, you saw the Singo period. Mate, what. I know it's hard to pinpoint one moment or favourite moment over those times, but for you personally, what were some of the memorable moments? Oh, clearly you know, the the run in '81 to make the grand final and getting into the grand final, you know, was pretty important. But there were plenty of times before that when and you know, had pretty good sides during the '70s and uh, deserved a better fate, quite frankly, and uh, we didn't get it. But I can be honest and say that last year was probably the highlight of being a Newdown supporter when we won the state championship and we won the national championship in extraordinary fashion. You know, both games, winning them basically with seconds to go. And um, because of football now and never dying. And that really epitomised Newtown to me. Those blokes are out on the paddock, wouldn't give up. When everyone else was going down to collect the trophy from the other side, our blokes were still trying to work out how to win the game. And they did. Yeah. You've been the president for the past three years, as you said. Uh, how did this role come about? Look, I, I was approached by uh, Terry Rowney, one of the you know, lifetime uh, supporters of the club. I'd mm-hmm. been the mayor of the local government area for a long time and I did what I could to help uh, Newtown and uh, Henson Park. And uh, Terry asked me to come on board and uh, to take over from Barry Vining, who had been president yeah, Barry Vining, you know, for a long, long time. And uh, Barry and Terry yeah, kept this club alive. Uh, along with many other people, but gee, if you wanted to pick out two individuals, you know, you'd say those two did wonders. And uh, I was honoured that Terry thought of it and the board unanimously uh, supported my coming on board. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what's the best part about your role? Oh, there are many things about it, but I, I love um, having that, that involvement at the grassroots of the club, meeting the supporters, meeting the people, but being with the players, being with the coaching uh, team, having a contribution to make to try and keep the club going. And, and this has been a really hard year this year without, uh, you know, let's be blunt about it, we make our dollars by bums on seats and having a beer. Yeah. None of that happened. And yet we had a lot of fixed costs that we had to meet still. And so coming up with ideas and assisting our team to um, to make the money to keep us going to, in fact, put us into a stronger position for next year um, than we perhaps would have been, that's been uh, pretty you know, satisfying and more importantly, it's been very important to the future of the club to guarantee that we're going to be here into the future. No, that's awesome. And perhaps with Traddy, that has helped? Everyone's helped. Uh, Maddo's been down here, uh, you know, Terry Rowney, uh, or, or a lot of people have come down. The truth is it's just our supporters and Traddy's mates who've made this all happen. And... Um, they had uh, no special role in the club other than that they're great fans and great supporters of our club and they've put in a huge effort and uh, you really, it's hard to thank them enough, you know, because I, I don't say this in a derogatory way, the money is not everything. No. It's what the exposure that they've created, that comradeship that they've shown is what shows why we are a good football team and why guys want to come and play for us. Well, that, it's funny enough you said that because over the years you fed into the Roosters. There was a time there many, many years ago, I remember Newtown were defeated to the Warriors. Yep. What makes Newtown so special when these players, doesn't matter what NRL club they're coming back from, what makes them, when they put on that 
Jets jersey, just something special happens. Well, a big part of it is when they get on that paddock and they look around and they see a decent crowd who are passionate about them winning the game and who idolise those guys putting in 110%. So they know if they go out there and bust their guts that they will be appreciated, win or lose. And you know, we've got a great bunch of supporters. We get a good home ground. The home ground experience at Henson Park is a great experience. Something to eat, kids can run around, a few beers, good game of footy and a bunch of players who appreciate the fact that they've got fans who really love them. Man, another good experience... Half time, the kids can run out on the field. Exactly. We've noticed a few other clubs have started copying that now because we've been doing it for years. I can remember when I was a young kid, one of the great challenges was to get on the ground and knock off the corner post. Uh, it was <laughs> the black and white stripe <laughs> thing, right. you know, like, uh, made out of cardboard. And uh, I had one for many years uh, after you know, we were kicked out uh, that I'd kept uh, from when I was a teenager. <laughs> so, mate, over the years, as you said, you've been following this club now for nearly 60 years or more. Uh, who's, who are some of your favourite players that have donned the Jets jersey over the years? Oh, look, of the blokes who I really remember, I suppose he's probably probably many people's favourite, but Chicka Moore. Yeah. You know, Chicka epitomised this club uh, and, and, the, and the spirit that it had. And he had a, a saying that I won't say it won't because I can't give you the direct quote, but it went something along the oh, line. Oh, you can if you want. No, 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 no swearing involved. I just don't remember the exact word. <laughs> but, Fair uh, enough. But he he said words to the effect, "I came here with low expectations, and all my expectations were met." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just didn't get paid a lot of money to play for Newdown. Yeah, you know, what you got was a bunch of fans who are very passionate and a club that love playing football. And uh, so Chica, he, he yeah, but then you go on and there's Tommy, you know, the contribution Tommy made in the time he was here. Blokes like Kenny Wilson, you know, fantastic contributions. You know, and when we have reunion day and all the old boys turn up, it's just fantastic to talk to them because they all have different stories about why they play for Newdown and when they play for Newdown. And some of them went through the highs and many of them went through the lows. But the common thing was they were proud to don the blue jersey. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I just want to say, I can sort of attest to what you were saying, Barry, about Newcastle's, uh, Newcastle, Newtown supporters. Bloody hell. Um, Yeah. Newcastle's a bit like it too. Yeah, a bit like (laughs) it. Not as good, sorry, Newcastle fans. Um, But I was at that grand final at Bankwest in 2019, the New South Wales Cup grand final. And the main thing I remember, there was about 5,000 in that 30,000-seater stadium, but the Jets fans, they all sat together, which you don't get with a lot of supporter groups. They were all together. They were all bunched together, and they made it sound like there was 30,000 there. And sorry, Wentworth Field fans, but you outnumbered them. I think that's right. By a big amount. Yeah, I think that's right. And we had to travel. They didn't. And uh, that said everything about uh, our player, uh, the pull our players have got and the passion that people have got for the club. And, uh, you know, like the sad thing about having the grand, the, in, you know, the national grand final on uh, grand final day was that you had to get a grand final ticket and not everyone yeah. could do that. Yeah, know, otherwise yeah. we would have had a lot more people there as well. But um, two fantastic games of footy and, uh, and more importantly, two fantastic efforts by our guys. Um, and just if ever you wanted a message to send to young guys about never giving up the game ain't over until that final hooter goes, look at those two games of football. Yeah, and um, like I remember clear as day, Billy Magulius, it was just like a Groundhog Day. Yeah. 
No, he had the ball in his hand and just what he did both games, it was marvellous. Extraordinary, yeah. You would have thought the mob had played a second time would have worked it out, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's right. He's the man who's going to get the ball. It was like uh, Michael Jordan, give me the ball. I want that clutch play yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, that, and pull it off. You can nearly say that that will never happen again in terms of those two grand finals, the New South Wales Cup one and then the state championship to win right at the very end. Uh, I think they were both through a kick as well. Yeah, it's the, right, same yeah, play. It's the same play. The yeah, exact same, same play. play two weeks in a row in two grand finals. That's historic for one and I don't think it will ever happen again. Well, you'd have to think it would be a pretty long shot yeah. to uh, come about again. But see, you, people forget that New Zealand lost in pretty heartbreaking fashion the year before to Canberra. Before that's right. Yeah, we had, the truth is we had the game in the bag and one of the boys made a mistake and Canberra capitalised on it and you know, the game was gone. And uh, so we had the highs and the lows and uh, the good thing was that the, the boy who made the mistake played in 2019 and got his sort of... Uh, redemption. Redemption, yeah. He was part of that uh, team and uh, that was a good thing, you know. And, uh, but, you know, like, it's football, it's sport in, um, you know, it ain't over until the fat lady sings and, uh, you know, like, uh, for us, she sang twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Mate, we're, we're talking about the senior teams. Uh, as you are present, are you, does that also cover the junior jets as well? No, junior jets is a separate entity. Okay, yeah. Um, some years ago, they went their own way. Uh, one of the things I want to try and do over time is to get us back uh, to a closer relationship with them, um, because obviously there's a lot of people identify them as being part of us, and that's, that's right. the case. And you know, one of the other things we're looking at doing is broadening our base to include women's teams. Um, and we're looking at a couple of options for the you know, for coming seasons. I can't promise anything for next season, but certainly for coming seasons, uh, we would hope that we can have some uh, women's teams playing at the various levels. No, that's awesome. Um, mate, what's your favourite memory running around as a kid? Not so much about what happened on the field, but just here at Hanson Park. Oh, my favourite memory really was, you know, after the game, all the kids dashing onto the ground, everyone's trying to get the corner post. Coming over here, I was lucky when I was a very young kid because Dad got into the dressing room. So, you know, I did something that most kids didn't get to do was to come down the dressing room, see the players. In those days, the showers were upstairs. Yep. And the hot water ran out. So the second grade guys would get a hot shower, the first grade guys would get a cold shower. And so they weren't in the shower very bloody long. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but th- those memories are just indelible. You know, like uh, it just meant, means a lot to me and it um, makes me think of my dad who's not with me anymore, but uh, more importantly, makes me think of that history of Newtown as a club and its connection to Henson Park. Right. So it was a sad time when Newtown were no longer in the first grade competition. But uh, it's good that they're still in the second tier, strong as they get better crowds than most first grade teams. Look, there've been occasions when we've had bigger crowds here than in the NRL. That's right, yeah. And uh, it's a bit of a standing joke, you know, about the size of crowds because um, there are some places that have got very creative accounting. But as you know, we always have eight thousand nine hundred and seventy-two people at our game. That's right, and uh, sort of come hell or high water. So, um, yeah, and we've got one of the best ground announcers you could ever ask for in Johnny Lynch. Yep. Uh, entertaining, uh, knowledgeable, puts on good music at halftime. You know, what else could you ask for? Oh, that's it, man. It's a great day when you come out to Newtown. The, the beer's cold, the barbecue's cooking. Better than uh, going to one of those 
New, new U Butte stadiums where you overpriced beer and overpriced hot chips and and it's and real beer too. That's right. <laughs> Full strength, not mint strength. Maybe <laughs> and you probably uh, still do do the raffles as well. Yeah, still do the raffles. Um, my daughter sells raffle tickets actually, so uh, yeah, she's uh, she's. It's the blood's there. She loves the club and yep. uh, comes to all the games and brings her friends with her from school. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's part of the family. Ah, oh, that's awesome, mate. We're glad that you're able to come on today. We really appreciate giving up your time. But thanks again, and uh, good luck with the Jets and in your role uh, for the seasons beyond. Ah, uh, we're looking forward to next year. Uh, our coach Matto is excited. Uh, he's a top coach, top bloke, and uh, he's already trying to put together a strong roster for next year and. Yeah, we know that Cronulla produced some good young blokes and uh, we're hoping that we can add to that roster and have yet another great year. Yeah, well, as we uh, spoke about with uh, Mike McGee, it must have been really good to see how many guys who were in that Newtown team uh, play first grade this year. Oh, amazing. You know, Cronulla, uh, there were 10 guys went through the Cronulla system this year that had played uh, for us. But people forget there were two or three other guys uh, who had played the previous year with us were playing uh, first grade. And, you know, one of them was uh, the rookie of the year, you know, at the Gold Coast. And uh, so, you know, we, we produced some pretty good guys and Siffer. You know, yep. who was one of our signings, but one of the stars at Cronulla at the end of the season. You know, um, and and it's that's what makes you feel good about the club, and that's what makes you realise there's a future because the promise we give young men if they want to come and play for us, or even guys who are trying to resurrect their career, you come and play for us. We might not pay as much as anyone else, but if an NRL club comes and taps you on the shoulder, we shake your hand and say good luck, get on with it. Yep. And uh, we. You know, we provide a bit of a, an opening for people. Johnny Lynch has got a saying that in some senses we're the Betty Ford Clinic of Rugby League. <laughs> and, uh, I wouldn't go quite that far, but, uh, you know, we, we offer an opportunity for guys to showcase their wares and uh, to go on uh, with their skills at an NRL level. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I guess to add to that as well, they get to play for such an historic club, for one of, if not the first club in... Australian Rugby League uh, well, it is such a first, big isn't it? history. Well, we think we're the first club. There are some people yeah. who dispute that, but uh, yeah, we've got documents that show us we were the first club. Yeah, awesome. But yeah, just to play for Newtown, you know, there are options obviously for other clubs in the New South Wales Cup, but Newtown has that lineage, has that history where it, it probably means a bit more to put on a Newtown jersey than most other, uh, than most other New South Wales Cup clubs. So uh, I guess... Does that help when attracting players? No doubt. No doubt whatsoever. And look, full credit to the young guys who come through the Cronulla system. You know, they, they embrace uh, very quickly the, you know, what we're about because they get it too and they, and they respond by making sure that, you know, they, they thank the fans every week. You know, when they win or lose or draw, you know, like we had a pretty rough start to the season and, uh, you know, but the boys never forgot that at the end of the day we're getting paid by those people who've come through the gate and are having a meal and a few drinks in there. And it's their kids who, you know, who are here every week watching them. Um, that's what makes the club. And it makes – I think it just makes it a better environment to play. At the end of the day, if you're aspiring to be an elite sportsman, um, you like to have your work appreciated. Definitely. And you come and play for Newdown, your work's appreciated. No, definitely. All right, thanks for that. Mate, and uh, thank you again for joining us, as I've already mentioned. Uh, it's been an awesome time. 
Uh, hopefully next year we'll be able to come out for the beer footy festival. Yeah, well, let's hope we've got one. And, uh, that's if we, that's yeah. if we got one. That's it's right. A, it's a certainly a great day, as you know. Uh, definitely. But thanks again. And uh, let's get back out and we'll cheer on Charity while he's doing his laps. Good on you, boys, and good luck with the podcast. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Welcome back, guys. This time we're with Stephen Russo. Stephen, can you just let our viewers know uh, what's your role with Newtown and what are you all about? Oh, okay. Um, well, basically, I'm the social media manager at Newtown, so every kind of social post generally comes from me. I, I'm in charge of just making sure that we're putting the pictures up, but the tweets, uh, every kind of article I promote, write a couple of articles here and there for the club. So, yeah, basically a bit of a social media guru for the club. Been doing that um, since the start of this year, but I've been a volunteer at the club on and off for a while. Uh, in terms of who I am, uh, I guess I'm a former league journalist, used to work for the old Rugby League Week magazine, yep. um, but since then just done a few other bits and pieces, but uh, I guess recently a, a few people have uh, seen me, I was on the fan doing some stuff about like art, I produced a lot of Rugby League art, uh, that's kind of my thing at the moment, especially when uh, I lost my full-time job due to COVID, so yeah, I have a lot of free time on my hands, so I just focus mainly on art. Mate, and with our, at the moment, uh, you've got a picture of Traddy doing laps with Traddy. Yeah, exactly. So um, obviously being involved with the club, well aware of uh, John. In fact, I wrote an article about John years ago for Rugby League Week. Um, but yeah, when uh, Jace Pritchard, who's obviously very yep. heavily involved in this, came up and said, look, oh, we'd love some artwork to do laps of Traddy. It like, sounds like a great idea. I'd really like to help and jump on board and help the club and help with everything that's going on uh, and help uh, keep the jets flying. So I, I couldn't say yes fast enough. So this is the kind of result right here. Now, obviously, other than the tradie caricature, what's your favourite artwork, rugby league artwork that you've constructed? That oh, that's a good question. Um, I guess the probably being a Balmain fan or a West Tigers fan, the the most the my favourite artwork was probably uh, a piece that I did of all the old Balmain jerseys in the history of the game. Uh, I recently had a friend commission me to do every jersey from. Uh, both the ARL and Super League competitions in 1997. That was pretty cool. So those are probably the top two, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Mate, and uh, as you said, you've volunteered with the club before coming on board as a social media yeah. uh, manager. Mate, how long have you actually been with the club? No, that's a good question. I mean, I left overseas in 20, from late 2016 to late 2018, so I wasn't really involved for those years because I was in another country. But, like, I've been on and on it, been involved with the club on and off uh, probably since, since uh, early 2016 when I, uh, I left Rugby League Week at the start of 2015. So, yeah, when I was doing some other part-time work before moving overseas, I was helping out the club. One of my – yeah, like I have a few friends who have been involved with the club for a long time. So I just basically came out and said oh, I'd like to get involved and just help out where I can. Uh, that's awesome, mate. It must have been a great experience uh, with the old uh, Rugby League Week magazine. Yeah, it was. It was uh, definitely uh, – it wasn't an easy experience. Being a rugby league journalist isn't all sunshine and lollipops. No, that's right. <laughs> no, so it was a hard experience, but it was a very good grounding point. I learned a lot more working at League Week than I did at uh, uni, let me let me tell you that. Um, just the amount of things on the job. And I had I had a very good couple of editors and sub-editors who were really helpful. So, yeah, d- definitely a great experience. Like who, who were some of the uh, main writers that you got to work with? Uh, I never really worked with any of kind of like the legendary writers or anything like that. But um, yeah, my, my editor was a bloke called Mitch Dale. He was a really good bloke. And um, one of the unsung heroes of rugby league uh, media, a bloke called Phil Mitchell, who's at the uh, Sydney Morning Herald now. He was he was a sub-editor and he was very much a kind of, uh, very much a, a guide 
and a kind of mentor to me. So he was a really good bloke and I think one of the most underrated people in rugby league media. Yeah, um, I can sort of relate to you in the sense that I'm currently studying journalism at university and I work, I do freelance work for a rugby league website. And for me, it's been like uni, you sort of, you learn the basics in a way of journalism, but then you, you learn, I guess, the real stuff when you're actually in the job. Is, is that how you would sort of describe it as well? Yeah, of course. I mean, at uni, you kind of learn the theory and you kind of learn how to interview people and you like your assignments are usually yep. news stories, which are relevant, but like you're usually like doing one or two main stories at the back end of a, of a, of a, uh, of a semester when you're working at a magazine or a or a newspaper, you're basically doing your final uni assignment every week or in some cases every day. So, yeah, it's it's a big shock to the system when you first get involved and there's a lot of ropes to learn. But, yeah, it's if you've got someone like really good mentors, you'll learn quickly and you'll learn well. Yeah, yeah. Mate, just uh, also, um, what's some of the most memorable articles that you might have written for Rugby League Week? Oh, yeah. I used to really love talking to the old players. I'm really into rugby league history, so I used to do the old legend Q&A section a lot. And I used to love doing those. Some of the best guys, I think, were... I think the two best interviews I did with their, in terms of the legend Q&A were former Melbourne Storm prop, Bren, uh, or prop back rower Ben Rorty. He was a really good bloke. And um, former Canterbury and Balmain winger Steve O'Brien was another really good guy. They both had amazing stories to tell and were very welcoming, very interested. And I think a lot of the secret to doing stuff like that is to do a lot of research because if people realise that you've gotten, found out a lot about them uh, and you're genuinely interested in their story, they're, they're usually quite receptive. So, yeah, a big part of journalism in my, from my perspective as well is research. Research goes a long way prior to writing a story as well. Yeah, no, it's over true. Mate, um, over the time, now I'm going to come back to Newtown. Uh, what's your memorable moment besides last year? Uh, yeah, well, I guess 2012 was pretty memorable. I was there working for the Canberra Raiders covering the um, the National Youth Cup, the NYC Toyota Cup grand final that came after it. But um, obviously I was a Balmain fan, so it was kind of sad to see Balmain go down. But at the same time, I've always had a really kind of soft spot for Newtown. So if anyone could beat Balmain, I was happy it would be Newtown. And yeah, that was just memorable, just mainly because Nafi Seloini's right behind you. He's right behind his, yeah, his game-winning try was pretty, pretty, pretty big moment in the context of the game, obviously. Yeah, no, and this uh, looks like it was taken out at Leichhardt. Uh, the photo behind us uh, with Daniel Mortimer, is it? I think that's I from think, the yeah. North Sydney game where he kicked the penalty goal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, he kicked the penalty goal on extra time to win. So, yeah, yeah, very familiar picture. Nah, definitely. And that just shows, like, the history, you know. Like, doesn't matter what time players come through the club, mate, once they, they're part of history. Yeah, exactly. You know, they can come back, even if they just spent the one year here, doesn't matter how many games they've played, come back and... They're welcome. Yeah, that's the great thing about Newtown, obviously, that because it's a kind of obviously small club with a really big kind of community following, players can kind of, and obviously the way Henson Park is, you're very close to the players and the club does a really good job of fostering the relationship between the players and the um, and the spectators and the fans. And I think that's why when players come back here for like reunions or some kind of, or just sitting in the crowd, they're greeted really warmly because the club and the players themselves, even ones that have been dropped from first grade, always come back and really embrace the culture of the club. And um, I think that's the reason why guys who come back here having played for Newtown are so revered. 
Uh, you said you worked for Canberra uh, a number of years ago, 2012. What was that experience like at the Raiders? Oh, that was amazing, actually. Uh, it was it was it was a uh, it was a two year internship during my uh, university days, and um, my boss is uh, the old the current my my old boss is the current uh, media manager there, Men Pollock. He's a really good bloke, and the kind of the experience was just I was mainly the first year I was just mainly covering NYC, so I'd do their match reports, I'd go to their games, I'd do a feature on one of the players once a week do a match preview and then the next season I was doing that as well as doing the first grade match reports as well and once again that was another really valuable thing I picked up because you kind of had to go into press boxes and you had to meet a lot of the journos and kind of find out what goes into the press conferences so yes if people who are still studying journalism like yourself for example I really strongly advise doing internships if you can do them Um, obviously it's hard because a lot of the time they're unpaid and it's just not practical but if you have the chance to do them and you can do them an internship is really valuable for aspiring journalists yeah um, during your time at the Raiders what's your favourite memory um I think uh, there was a game where they they won on the bell against Cam against uh, the Dragons. It was in the uh, it was always during that time they were always being the Dragons, and there was a time where they beat the Roosters as well. I don't think Canberra were in finals contention, and the Roosters were in um, the Roosters were on their way to winning a grand final, and Canberra kind of upset them, and that was a really good memory too because the crowd the crowd was um, the crowd was well and truly behind the the club, and it was just yeah, it was a good time to be down there and. Even if it was like minus three degrees or felt like it, Canberra Stadium is a really good venue to go to. No, but I'm going to come back to Newtown now. Yeah. Uh, earlier, well, not that long ago, you mentioned how players come back from first grade and they just embrace the culture here at Newtown. Uh, which uh, one particular NRL player comes back and they're just blown away? Oh, that's a good question. You'd have to ask them that. I've never really had to had a had an opportunity to speak them specifically but I know from talking to people that a lot of players like obviously Dan Mortimer apparently Willie Mason was really impressed when he was I think in 2009 he was dropped down here and uh, Todd Carney I think in 2011 was um was really impressed with the kind of setup here and really enjoyed his time he played an absolute blinder for the club I think at Brookvale Oval once so yeah those are a few of the names I know through hearing through players that like like really established first graders who have come down to him kind of brace the club that's the main kind of thing no that's awesome man and um What's the future for you looking at at the moment? That's a very good question. Um, I'm just kind of doing my own thing. I do a lot of different creative projects on myself. Obviously, I'd love to stay involved and get some kind of more paid employment in in rugby league, but uh, that's just the way it is at the moment, the economy being what it is due to COVID. I'm just kind of hanging in and doing my own thing. I I make my own videos and stuff like that. So, yeah, just kind of hanging in there and hoping for the best. I'm I'm a lot more fortunate than a lot of people in regards to I have a really good family, really good support network. So... Well, it's not the greatest time at the moment. It's I'm still I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not suffering or anyway. Yeah, no, that's right, mate. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate it. And uh, as you can see again, guys, laps with Traddy. We will get back out there. We'll give uh, Traddy some more of our support and we'll cheer him on. How's that sound, boys? Sounds good. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. You're no welcome, mate. Cheers. Guys, welcome back. We're back in the home sheds here at Handsome Park. This time we're with Glenn Bumper Dwyer. How are you today, Bumper? Very good, gentlemen. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, you're welcome, mate. So let's. Uh, we were just talking before we came just on air, and you were letting us know that uh, you got back involved or you in- with the Jets when they 
Re-established in 1991, is that correct? Yeah. Well, um, not strictly. Um, I, I'd followed Newtown all, you know, virtually all my, you know, as, as, as a young schoolboy, I'd, I'd sort of adopted Newtown as my team. And I didn't live in Sydney at the time. I lived in uh, southern Queensland. But uh, Newtown was my team of choice in the Sydney competition from the the early 1960s onwards. So, and then when I came to live here in the uh, in the very late 1960s, and I've been here most of that time ever since, I uh, you know I've, Newtown was always my number one choice in the the former New South Wales Rugby League first grade competition. But uh, when you say was I involved right from 1991? Well, not strictly. I. Um, I certainly was very pleased to see them come back in, and I was at their comeback game. And it was on—I forget the date in March, but it was Easter Saturday, 1991. They made their comeback to rugby league at Erskineville Oval. Well, I was certainly there that afternoon, but I didn't get involved with the club until I was invited to join the the board in late 1994, because I had known Terry Rowney, who's been involved with Newtown since the late 1970s, and I'd known him you know, all of that time. And he approached me and the, the fellow who many people know as the, uh, the current ground announcer at Henson Park, John Lynch. We both joined the board in late 1994. And then uh, in 1997, I, because I, you know, I worked as a, I was a TAFE teacher in communications and journalism and stuff, and I'd, done, you know, and I'd worked in trade unions before and, and, other, and jobs involving communications. I got invited to be the club media officer from about the beginning of 1997. Um, that name meant a different type of role then than it does now because while I've tried to keep pace with, uh, you know, the massive changes of IT and so on and of social media, I prefer to leave that to people like um, Jeff Gabriel and uh, Stu McCarthy and, uh, and um, Steve Russo. Uh, I still stick to the uh, old-fashioned sort of, uh, you know, um, sending, doing up a... I put a fair bit of stuff on the website and I also do uh, the, the, the Newtown new, the, the online newsletter, which gets out to quite a few people. We've got a subscription list of about 3,000 people. But uh, that's, as I realise, that's all old-fashioned stuff compared to the modern-day, you know, Facebook and Twitter and whatever. Anyway, that's how I got. That's how I, I, I was a long way around of telling you. Was I there in 1991? <laughs> well, I was certainly a supporter, yep. but I didn't officially become involved with the club until the latter part of 1994. 94. Yeah. So you said you actually started supporting the club while actually living in Queensland. Uh, why did you choose Newtown? Oh, there's a simple reason for that. Um, I went to um, school until I was about 15 years old, and then changed down to New South Wales. Uh, in, 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 in the Queensland system, and that was in the inland city of Toowoomba, which back in those days was actually the second largest city in Queensland. It was bigger than uh, Towns and Cairns and Townsville, but they rapidly overtook Toowoomba from the 1970s onwards. But it, um, I went to high school in Toowoomba until I was in, in the end of 1967. And our family were very keen rugby league fans and Toowoomba was a great rugby league hotbed in those days. And um, in, in the Toowoomba competition, there was a, a, a club called Newtown because there is a suburb called That's Newtown right. in the western side of Toowoomba. And they, they didn't appear to have any um, overt sort of links with this club. 
other than they wore the exact same outfit. They wore the raw blue jersey, the, the end crest, white shorts, raw blue socks with white tops. But there was no, never any exchange of players and I don't remember anyone from the Sydney Newtown going to coach at the Toowoomba Newtown because they seemed to sort of stick to mainly, uh, you know, Queensland uh, recruiting. But they were a very strong club and they, actually, they have a... <laughs> it must be something to do with the Newtown name. They actually went out of business in the 2000s. Because they'd, they'd done fairly well in the Toowoomba competition, and they'd, uh, they'd, with the with the arrival of poker machines in um, Queensland in about 1990, well, they got in on the act and developed a quite good licence club. But I think it overran itself, and there was people tickling the till, and God knows what. They went broke in the early 2000s, and they were out of football for about eight or twelve years, and now they're back. We're back in the Toowoomba first grade competition and uh, they, we, we've actually been, in, the two clubs have been in touch with each other and I, you know, I think they sort of um, see us as a sort of, a, no, wouldn't, you wouldn't say a role model, but um, I think they're, they're, they're very pleased to know we're back in rugby league and that they've sort of followed the same path. I don't know, I don't know if there's another new town out there in the, in the whole world of rugby league and if, if there is, I hope they don't go out of business. <laughs> there might be an old town. Yes. An old town, an that's old town. right, an old town. <laughs> hey, so uh, back in the, I'm going to go back to the 90s now. Uh, when Newtown came back, uh, not long after they arrived back in, they played in the old uh, New South Wales Rugby League Metro Cup. That's correct, yeah. And uh, they actually won the competition. They won it. In the, the, their first year back was a bit of a dud, 1991. They, were, they f- f- sort of finished nowhere. But it wasn't easy to do, I suppose. It's very hard to recreate. Even, right. even at that sort of third-tier level of the Metropolitan Cup, to grab a team... And, and, and put it to get, put a team together that's going to be all immediately competitive yeah. it isn't always easy to do. So they didn't do very well in '91, but they started. To, they got their recruitment act, uh, you know, into, into gear by the beginning of 1992. And the, the best signing they made was um, Freddie Teasdale, who had previously played with um, Manly Warringah and North Sydney. And he, he he was the perfect guy. He was, you know, a hard-hitting forward and, you know, a bloke who sort of, you know, very much like a uh, one of these forwards who, you know, you come with me, you know, you know I'll, I'll show you the way. Yep. And he, he, he was an outstanding forward leader and, uh, well, he had actually been there in, in 1991, but um, we didn't, didn't have, you know, enough good players with him. But in 92, when they picked up another very good signing was Daryl Neville, who'd had a long career with South Sydney and then went on to have a, quite a long career with Newtown. But in 1992, um, they, they looked like they were going to win the competition from the get-go. You know, they looked... They were, I think they were minor premiers and they certainly... Um, the, the only game in which they looked a bit wobbly was the grand final itself. They uh, ran up a big lead at half-time against Wentworthville and then Wentworthville came back at them and it was about 2018 with 10 minutes to go, but Newtown scored two late tries that sewed that up. But that was a very emotional night. It was out at um, the grand final and was played at uh, Parramatta Stadium. There was about 7,000 people there and most most of them were Newtown supporters. <coughs> Pardon me. And they, um, um, the crowd was very emotional following the, the, the win because here they were after having been, you know, consigned to the dustbin of history between 1984 and 1990. They didn't field a team. And it looked like, you know, I thought they were gone forever. You know, I... I, I 
in, in that period, I started to follow Souths. Because they were another inner city team and yep. I lived near the, not, you know, in the inner city. Um, but Newtown's return, um, that win in 1992, sort of, um, you know, I think it was a fantastic moment for the, 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 the Newtown faithful who had stayed loyal and who were there that night and, and you know, thousands of other people who still followed Newtown scattered around New South Wales and elsewhere in Australia. It was a, 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 a fantastic, um, you know, sort of endorsement that they were back in rugby league and that they, if they ran their affairs properly, they, they had some sort of a future. Now, how was uh, Trevor Schrodel playing for Newtown back then? Um, he joined in 1993, as I remember. He 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 was a very he's got a very interesting background in rugby league. Um, he was a Queenslander. He'd been in a couple of the Brisbane rugby league competition that existed before the Broncos. Yep, the and, conti- and continued on for a number of years after. And you know. It, 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 the there is a competition now. I think it might be called Brisbane First Division or something. Yeah, yeah. but it isn't. It isn't yeah, yeah. the BRL. No, it, no, that's right. It's not the same clubs. Some of the old BRL clubs have actually gone out of business, as that's you know, right. like Valleys and Brothers and Western Suburbs. But no, Trevor was. Um, I understand he, he played with Valleys uh, and, and was in a Premiership team. And in 1990, um, it was either 90 or 91, because he, he he joined Newtown in late 93. He was in the shadow Queensland State of Origin team. Yep. And uh, he was like a shadow man for um, Alan Langer. So, uh, and he, he, Trevor said, and he, he has shown me, he's, he's, he's a photo of him yeah. in the full State of Origin kit in the squad, you know, of about 24 guys or so, you know. Yep. So that, that goes to show he was, well, oh. he was well regarded by the QRL people, even though he wasn't playing in the uh, what was then the... The, the New South, New South Wales rugby league first grade, mm. that's right. Yeah, because most people don't uh, remember as well that he, he was, was actually a, he was actually bigger than Alan Langer, so he's yeah. you know. <laughs> but, but at the same time, he, there was a time there he was also the backup halfback to Ricky Stewart in Canberra. Yes, well that's right. See, after that, when he'd have been in the shadow half in in the state of origin, he may very well have been in, at Canberra by then. I've, I'm not yeah. I just don't have the details no, right, in front yeah. of me, but he. He most certainly, yeah. He, he the Raiders recruited him, and they saw him as a, you know, a man to stand in for for Ricky if if Ricky was ever injured. Because I think Ricky was only still fairly young, and they yeah. saw him as a, a long term investment or a long term signing. But oh, Trevor could play. He, he oh, was yeah. a very very fast halfback. In fact, um, it's rare to see now halfbacks who can actually you know just just terrorise the defence by. You know, he's going clean between big forwards just with their sheer speed off the mark. And that was... Trevor wasn't... I suppose the downside to him in terms of being an ever picked in first grade was he wasn't that good a defender. He'd tend to... Uh, <laughs> he'd get in behind a couple edges. of the bigger forwards and let them, let them take all the impact. But well, he was a halfback. But yeah, he was... <laughs> But uh, you know, and he's had a, a very successful coaching career too. With uh, since he left uh, playing, um, you know, in recent years, yeah. he's been at a number of clubs where he's had quite a, quite a degree of success with junior rep teams and so on. I think he was uh, the Cronulla SG ball coach for some seasons and appointments like that. He's yeah. he knows his football. He's, well, he uh, does. Mm. Hey, so uh, I'm going to move forward now sure. in more recent times. Uh, obviously, last year was a pretty big year for the club. Everyone knows that. Winning the state and then the national title. Uh, what was your favourite memory throughout all of last season? 
Well, it, I think even though we've had this, this dreadful wipeout year of uh, 2020, people are still sort of floating on air from 2019 because it's amazing the number of people I run into and who we're meeting, we get into conversations about something from that year. I, I personally believe it was one of the greatest years in the, the club's history and that's taking in everything yep. back to 1908 because, you know, old, old first graders might be looking to lynch me for saying that but, you know, and, uh, you know the, the older brigade of supporters might say you can't be serious you know you're not you can't compare winning the Canterbury Cup and the second tier state championship to being you know you know a first grade club but you've got to do it in terms of where you were at the time and what what resources you had available to you and what was what you know was logistically possible to do you know no one's expecting Newtown to be in the NRL because we don't have large income and we don't have a licensed club and there's all sorts of reasons why you you know that, 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 that there's barriers to that but the the achievements of 2019 and the manner in which it was done because they started very poorly the first they won one of their first seven games then they started to get their act together and got into the finals but at at position number seven but the whole point is with this second tier rugby league whether it's in Queensland or in New South Wales teams going into the finals if they suddenly get a large injection of NRL players from their partnership club coming back for the finals and who are qualified for the finals, that changes the, the outlook altogether. And that, that was our situation. We got all the you know, guys like, um, you know, Scott Sorensen and, you know, I could run through, you know, seven or eight names who in other years we might have been unlucky enough just for them not to quite qualify for us in the finals. But all these guys were counting back from Will Kennedy, the Sione Katoa, um, Aaron Gray. Uh, it was quite a lot uh, of Yeah, yeah, you know, Aaron yeah. Trindle. And then into the forwards, as I said, Sorensen and... Um, yeah, Ronaldo Molotalo. Yeah, well, R- Ronaldo had played on and off during the year and he'd always been very effective and so was Sione. But you never knew if they were going to be there in the finals, you yeah. know. And the other, the other fellow who just came like a, a bolt out of the blue was... Because um, I'd met him earlier in the year and... And, and, and he, he, was, he was going through rehab then, and I thought, oh, the poor bugger, he probably won't play until 2020. This was um, Toby Rudolph. Yep. And Toby had an interesting history because he'd, he'd come out of the South Sydney district, but in 2018 he'd actually played for uh, Redcliffe in the Q Cup, Cup and was man of the match in that... Um, well, no, he mightn't have been man of the match in the grand final because he was injured in the grand final and went off for extensive knee surgery, but he had been a very good forward for Redcliffe. Cronulla had signed him and then, you know, he turned up with his, you know, with, with all this surgery and rehab to be done, and, but they got him ready and he, he came, he, he joined the um, Newtown Canterbury Cup team in about the um, fourth or third last round. And he played well in those games. Now, when he got, when he, once he hit the finals, he was on the, you know, he he was just an absolute machine, and he had a huge role in our success in in the in the finals uh, in winning both the the Canterbury Cup and the uh, and the um, 
NRL state championship. Yeah, state championship, that's right. Yeah, I just wanted to pick up on something you said before, actually. It, it's kind of cool how in 1992, up against Wentworthville, down late in the game, Newtown were able to come back and win. Mm. 2019, same story. A quick comparison between 92, I guess, and 2019, or around that era, how have the crowds changed? Yeah, have, have, Would you say they've gotten bigger over the years, smaller? Have there been sort of peaks and troughs, would you oh, say? So, well, look, certainly playing here at Henson Park and developing over a long period of time, you know, we've worked hard at establishing ourselves here and, you know, developing a, a fan base. We get week by, you know, home game by home game, our, our crowds are far bigger in the Canterbury Cup than they ever were in the Metro, massively so, you know. That 7,000 crowd in the 1992 Grand Final, all of the the, uh, Metro Cup Grand Finals that Newtown played in, we drew reasonably good crowds, but they were one-offs, you know. you'd You'd get the people back to see you in a Grand Final. But what we've done here with this where we've developed, you know, a quite respectable fan base and, and then the real peaks, as you're saying, with things like the beer, food and footy festival, where in 2019 we had uh, the New South Wales police confirmed the crowd was uh, in excess of 10,000 people. Well, you know, that's just mind-boggling because the old Newtown Club never drew that many people. You know, like the, the Newtown Club of the 1940s and 50s, they weren't drawing crowds of 10,000 at Henson Park because their big games would have all been at the... At the Sydney oh, Cricket yeah. Ground, you know. Oh, that's right. Oh. Mate, um, we're just going to wrap it up because I think they that's actually okay. want us back out there for lots of trading. That's good. It's been, uh, it's been great, been to be great, talking, great talking to you. Mate, and uh, Bumper, mate, we'll have to get you back on, mate, because you're great to talk to. Well, I'll tell you this. See, I know that 1991 to the present day grab of Newtown history exceptionally well because I wrote a book on it. Oh, yeah? I put a book out in 2019 called Taking It to the Streets, The Second Life of the Newtown Rugby League Football Club. So it's all in my mind, you know. <laughs> Definitely, mate. I'm walking around like a, you know, an information yeah. machine, you know. Nah, that's awesome. Where can people find that book? It's on sale at quite a number of inner city uh, um, bookshops, but primarily through the Newtown Club itself. It's on our website at um, www.newtownjets.com. And there's also a, a clothing and merchandise website, www.newtownjetsclothing.com.au. But look up the Newtown web, the, 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 the club website or the, the merchandise yep. website. It's advertised on both of those. And uh, good reading. Yeah, guys. Even, awesome. if, Check even, it if out. I say, even if I say so myself, you know. Uh, mate, we believe you. Thanks for that, mate. Well, let's get back out there and let's uh, cheer Charity on. Okay, thank you very Stop. much. Thank you. Thanks, boy. Welcome back, guys. Now I am with the star of the show, Traddy, and I'm with Jace. Guys, we've just finished up. Traddy, mate, you've done 800 laps. How do you feel? Mate, I feel like uh, a twoies, but I've got a young Henry's, mate. Young Henry's? <laughs> yes. <that'll do. laughs> mate, I think our viewers like that from the frothy point of view. Yeah. And Jace, how are you, mate? Oh, mate, it's all good. So I'm glad it's over, but um, it's been a fantastic um few weeks, uh, months, and feels like years, but uh, no, nah, it's been great. Um, the great man's done uh, fantastic work, and we've raised some big money and um, kept the spirits going, which has been good, so 
Yeah. All good. No, that's awesome. Mate, I remember when I first made contact with Trady, because myself and uh, Bad Trev, who's not here today, uh, we came out, I think at the time, when it was only about 200 laps. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it's, it would have been about five or six five or six weeks in. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So it was only a few weeks in uh, when you started. And yeah. here we are, grand final, the day before the NRL grand final, and yeah. 800 laps. That's right, mate. 800 laps. That's four... 180 kilometres, mate. You would have got to Griffith. You would have got to Grafton. Griffith, mate. Oh, yeah. Griffith. Yeah. You know, you know Griffith, <laughs> I Griffith, mate. Been a Griffith again. Yeah. <laughs> What's her name, mate? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I so. think it's Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Trady, how did you find the whole experience? I Every week was different. Every week there was someone new, someone something new to talk about, and... Um, as we're going along, we saw the money coming up, climbing, climbing, and uh, we we just saw, uh, we knew it was going to come to the end. And sadly, this is the end now. And um, I'll, I want to say I wish I can do it all again, but I don't want to see the Jets in trouble. You know what I mean? I want us to be normal again, mate. Definitely. Yeah, Trady, you've obviously been doing the laps for longer than this year. Obviously, every time Newtown has scored a try. Yeah. Would you be able to maybe estimate between how many laps you think you've done, not just the 800 this year, but overall? Well, I've been doing it for 10 years, and we played 10 games here at Henson, and that's where I do my riding. So, and we average about six tries uh, a game. And so that's 60 laps. By 10, which is 600. 600. Thank God for Dully Height. 600 <laughs> laps plus the 800, 1,400. Where would that take us, Jace? Oh, Where would that take you? 1,400. Brisbane plus, yeah, I don't know. We're, Mate, we're going to check it out. We'll get the Funk and Wagnalls out and work it yeah. out. We'll work it out. That's right. <laughs> yes. yeah. Now, is there anyone you want to thank? Cody? I want to thank everyone who was involved, starting from the staff, Jason Pritchard, Kim Fuller, Wayne, Rebecca, anyone else? Jason, help Brad. me, please. Brad, yes. Deb. Deb. Yeah. Wayne. Wayne. Wayne the Rooster Man. Wayne the Rooster Man. And obviously all the people who donated and supported us through the whole 23 weeks. It's um, What an experience, mate. Great experience. There, there's, there's another a lot of other people to thank. Boys like yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, Channel Nine came on board. Did a, did a lovely story for us. New South Wales Rugby League. We had an article in there. Um, yeah, the, the list is endless, to be honest. But um, you know, it's just great that you know you mentioned the Jets and oh, okay, what's happening there? And you know, it's a feel good story. And people people have been involved. And as I said, we've we've had such a crazy year. And you know, people are just looking for something. I guess have been looking for something that's a bit, a bit, you know, digress and something that's a bit cheerful and happy. And I think uh, the weekly videos have, you know, serviced that point. And um, yeah, it's been a great effort. And I'd like to thank Kim as well. Like um, Kim Fuller's been on board with us from day dot. Um, you know, we've had a funny, funny few weeks, and there's been some good times and some bad times, and there's been weeks where there's just been the three of us here. And we've just been punching away and, you know, just trying to keep it upbeat and that type of stuff. So um, to see what we had out there today, and I think it's refreshing, you know, you know, 50 or 60 people here and they're all cheering away and um, that's what it's all about, just the spirit of the place. So it's Yeah, definitely. I saw there was times there where you'd come down like on a Thursday night or a Friday night. Yeah, 
we were coinciding it with the boys, Glee boys training. Um, yep. That was great. Some of the players there, they all chipped in and um, it was good to see them too and uh, they gave us a cheer and, uh, you know, they sponsored too. We got some money from um, Glee Burwood rugby league team. Sadly, they just lost in the grand final, but what can you do? The best one, Trev, was we were down on a Friday night because we were had a couple of things on the Saturday, so we did it on the Friday night and um, <laughs> Traddy's... Um, lost the ball bearings out of his pedal. So we're on a search down the back here for 45 minutes trying to find this screw that would go in the damn thing. So we're and starting the nut. To, nut, yeah. And so we're starting to get short of time. So, you know, the sun's going down and, and we get to 7 o'clock and it's pitch black and we're just waiting for the lights to come on and nothing. No, no so we, we, we've rigged him up with a little helmet light and away he goes and <laughs> off he goes and he was doing half laps backwards and back to the end and then back because he couldn't see shit. But uh, he just was trying to do it. We had the moonlight, we had the lights out here in the run, run of the tunnel and, oh, yeah. God, that was... Uh, rain, hail and shine, mate. Yeah, that rain, hail and shine. It went on, the show <laughs> yeah. went on. So. Oh, yes. no, and that, that's good, man. I'm glad that the show still went on. Didn't matter what happened. I... During the whole time, you end up getting a new bike. I sure did. Well, I've had the bike for years, but it was hidden in my garage, and while I was just cleaning out a few stuff, and I found it, and I went, oh, my God, it was green. But we got Trev. Trev is the man. He restored the bike, painted it blue. We put the stickers on it. It's a great bike. Mate, no, definitely. It looks really good, mate. Because yeah. I, I remember when we first came out here, as I said, I just go, uh, bad Trev, got on the old one, <laughs> mate. And like, I remember you saying to him, oh, just be careful because if you stop pedaling, the, the pedals will come off and, <laughs> and the wheel will come off and then you'll fall over. Yeah, we, 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 we had the uh, medics on a standby. To That's right, we had the medics. Meat That's and right. the spinal unit, we thought Trev would come a cropper. But um, we actually, so Trev, the mechanic who fixed yeah. all the bike up, uh, a shout out to him too. He did a great job on uh, restoring both bikes and that. Um, he was playing around here the other day and come a cropper. So um, <laughs> there has been somebody fall off a penny farthing at Henson, but it's not the great Not the not me, mate. But it had to be a Trev of some sort. <laughs> a Trev of some sort. There you go, yeah. Mate, the, the good Trev, the bad Trev, and the injured, injured Trev. Trev. <laughs> yeah. He didn't injure himself, did he? No, no luckily, just his pride. God. Yeah, just his pride. Just his pride. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, guys. Guys, we've really appreciated that. Like, you've invited us to come out here again on our grand final day for it. Uh, as we know, tomorrow is the big one in the NRL. Who's your tip? My tip's going to be Melbourne Storm by 20. By 20? And what about you, Jase? I'm a Panthers man. They've been the best side all year, and I think they've just got the momentum, and I reckon they're going to win by 10, 12. Well, I think you've had the beer and I've had the cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see tomorrow, won't we? We'll see tomorrow. Yeah. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up here. We Again, guys, thank you for our viewers who have... Uh, Listen, watch. Uh, you can. We'll put the podcast on the Big Garden Empire. You can find it where you can listen to any good podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, and the video also will go on the YouTube channel, guys. So subscribe, hit like. Also go over to Newtown, uh, Laps of Trady. If you still want to donate, we're still taking donations. Sure. And that, so it's all for the Jets, guys. But again, thank you for your hospitality. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck come 2021. Thank you very much. Yeah. I got something for you. Podcast. Podcast.